We have award winners in the house tonight, you guys. The Rub film. I'm not sure if you've heard about this film yet. And I not we're not going to spoil anything in today's podcast episode. But we are going to introduce our director of the film and our cast and dive into the in- intricacies of the film and some fun stories behind it. So I would love to introduce to you Christopher Fox, the director of the Rub film, as well as Micah Speyer, Jennifer Figueroa, and West Barrington. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for joining. Hello, hello. That was a great. That was a great Hi. intro, Amadi. <laughs> Thank you very much. We try. I, I understand you guys just got finished up with a fantastic festival run, and lost in some amazing awards. I would love for you guys to speak on that. First, I would like to talk to Christopher being the director of this film. Overall, how are you feeling now that filming is finished, the festival's wrapped up, and now we're headed to streaming? How are you feeling right now? Um, thanks for having us today, Amadi. Um, I feel... That's a good question. I feel... Uh, I guess relaxed a little bit, trying to feel relaxed finally after three years of the process from, you know, writing the film to shooting the film to editing the film and the whole festival run. Um, <laughs> excited. I wouldn't say nervous because I think the nerves is, is was you know, a few months ago at the first couple screenings we have, but that's behind us now. But I'm just excited for the world to see this film that we set out to make and, you know, really executed on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. Now, which festivals did you guys attend for Rub? And what awards did you win? We uh, we played at FICA Made in Barcelona, in Madrid, in Madrid, Spain, actually. And we won um, Best Director at FICA Made in Spain, which was amazing, amazing time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then we, we, uh, we, we played at the Big Apple Film Festival. That, that, that was our world premiere. And then we screened at the Newark International Film Festival where we were nominated for three awards. And Jennifer <laughs> brought home Best Actress, everybody. Oh, thank you. Congrats. And then recently, last week, we uh, we screened at the Long Island International Film Expo. And we were nominated for four awards. Wow. And I was I, w- I thought Micah had it in the back. I thought I wanted him to win so bad. Um, but we ended up winning best feature. You know, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> we won. We won best hey. feature at the Long Island International Film Festival, which was pretty awesome. You know, it was very, very unexpected. <laughs> we took out Karen Allen. Uh, there was a film with the, the wonderful Karen Allen was in, and uh, William Sadler. And I thought that they were 100 percent going to get going to get the award. But the programmers really, really loved the film. And you know, it's so hard to make these things in the first place. But then when mm-hmm. you're other people not only accept you into a film festival, but then you get nominated and then you, and then you actually win, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I always say art has no rewards, but when your peers, um, you know, recognize you for your efforts and, you know, you know, your, your art, it's, it, it's, it's a good feeling. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Oh yeah. We all love that feeling of, of being recognized for the art with all of the passion, all of the time and blood, sweat and tears that we put into it. Now we're finally going to be able to have people see it and it's going to be beautiful. And hey, you won some awards, so it's a very huge accomplishment. So this crime thriller, for those of you who maybe aren't into crime thrillers or maybe wanting to get into it because of, you know, being uh, interested after this podcast episode, we're going to tell you 
what Rub is all about. Here is the official synopsis. So meet Neil. He's lonely, gets bullied at work, and is unlucky in love. At the suggestion of a coworker, he decides to go to a massage parlor. And in the process, his life changes in ways he never would have imagined. And I'm telling you guys, there's a point in this film where you are going to be instantly, instantly emotional, emotionally connected to Neil's character. And from then on, it's an emotional roller coaster of the things that he faces. And this happens within the first three minutes. We're not going to spoil anything. Uh, but what we will talk about is the casting process, which I'm pretty sure was, you know, very, very uh, intricate, finding this, these amazing talents for the movie. So I would love to talk to Micah about your casting experience. What had you uh, get connected to Chris? You know, how was your opening uh, audition? How did that go for you? <laughs> I was quarantining for about 50 days alone. And I had a backstage profile that I hadn't really touched for like six years. You know, I think I had yeah. like a video from like me back in college and um, my resume that I kind of like whipped up with paper mache and, and pencil when I was in college. And I was like, you know what? I have all this time. Um, I should just update my backstage profile. And so I did. And I, about a week later, Chris found me. And um, it was wow. one of those things where, I mean, we're talking like six years, Amadi, where I don't even like yeah. care about this thing. It was one of those things where the universe just kind of goes, I think if you do this, we're going to give you this. Yeah. And in this process, you're going to meet some wonderful people. You're going to learn so much about yourself and about, you know, <clears throat> acting in general again. And um, this, this is actually my first uh, role in a movie as a, in the feature. You're lying. Dead serious. And that I, is. and I tell my students and they're like, so like, what's, what's the best training in the world? Like, if I want to like, because at one time I had this actress, I had an extreme close up on her eyes. And I said, I want you to pretend that your boyfriend, your, your, your new husband walks into from the corner of the room. And I want you to smile with just your eye. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't do it. And she has like porcelain skin, no wrinkles, nothing. And she comes up and she's like, what was they doing wrong? And I said, nothing. She goes, <laughs> how can I, how can I achieve what you're asking me to, to achieve? And I said, you can walk out the door and come back in 10 years later. Hmm. And you can do that scene all over again. And I say, like, I've had a very interesting last 10 years of my life. And I haven't been like doing it in front of a camera, but I've been hmm. doing it like in life. And um, that's been the best training that I've ever had. You know, you can go to an acting school and learn whatever, but like Neil, someone who is a victim of life, and I understood him uh, rather quickly. Mm, that's and good. Him and I were, uh, we became buddies, you know, during this process. So. You know, going through life and experiencing, you know, different traumas and experiences, either happy, sad, traumatic, you get to bottle those emotions and tap into them as actors down the road when you connect with these characters. And I'm pretty sure you've had some moments where maybe you tapped into previous, his previous histories of your life and helped you connect with Neil. Now, Jennifer, I'm pretty sure you've had recent experiences with casting, but speaking about connecting with your character alone, did you find it challenging or how, let's say how challenging was it for you to connect with your character 
Perla and also connect with your cast members? Hmm, that's a good question. I can honestly say it wasn't hard for me to connect with my cast members. Uh, it was actually very natural for us to connect. Mm -hmm. uh, me and Neil, it was just something that just somehow, like he said, the universe it just made it happen that way. It was very easy and natural for us. Mm -hmm. We had Instant, lots yeah. of conversation. It's just an energy thing. It's a vibing thing. It's a natural thing. It's not forcing a thing. Right. We never forced anything. We never faked any emotion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's that's represented yeah, so on the screen. It's, mm. Yeah, great, and I'm 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 so happy that people were able to see that because that's our goal. And like he said, come back in ten years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> After you mm, yeah. something from life, and that you can bring that into your art, basically, and that's what we did. Yeah, yeah and yeah. another another natural talent. They all all of the talent a part of this project. There was never a moment, and this is something that you can pick up very easily with an independent film. The second it seems like it's forced, the viewer disconnects. It's awful, yeah. It there wasn't. was never that moment with this film. Uh -huh. Even when they're transitioning between the different acts of the film, when West's character is introduced, he just adds to that value of, of, the, of the movie. And you see with West's character, I, I peeked at your IMDb. You've been doing this for a while. So I, I would love to talk about maybe your previous history in acting and then how you got involved in this project and how you felt about it overall. Yeah. Well, how's everybody doing? Thanks a lot, Amadi, and my incredible cast um, who actually gave me a lot of energy because of, because of their roles and you know how they were able to execute. Um, Chris is a great director. Um, he gives you autonomy, but he also gives you guidance. Um, and sometimes it's a, um, you know, just a quiet guide in, in the way to direct you and give you that confidence. You know, so I really appreciated that. And that's what, you know, gave me the motivation and the, and the energy for the movie. Um, you know, when I first started out, I, I mean, I was always interested in it, um, acting, mm -hmm. but. I started out because I, I said, I know I can do this, but I, I thrusted myself into plays. First one in the Broadway play. And I, I was kind of like, you know, well, I'm gonna fake it till I make it. I didn't know anything. But I said, I'm gonna jump into this play. And it was it was the worst but best experience because, you know, I, I was naturally was able to imp improvise, but I didn't have the um, confidence to actually go in front of people like I, I, I should have had because I didn't have the experience. So I, I did it, but when I got on stage the first time, I went blank for one minute. Oh, God, that's an eternity. I was so afraid that I couldn't Basically. even say line. Wow. <laughs> You're supposed to say line when you needed it. So, But I think that was the best experience I've had to be able to prepare me for the type of person you need to be to be able to exude a certain feeling um, a, as an actor. You know, I, I, a lot of times I say I've, I've been, you know, through those experiences, even especially the bad ones, you know, I've been able to converse with kings and queens and also mentally unstable and homeless people, which gives me a real wide, you know, um, you know, variety of things to be able to pull off, you know, through through the acting that I'm still trying to develop. I'm always a student and I don't think I'll ever not be a student. So in, in meeting Chris, you know, he, he said to me, you know, 
I have a role that, you know, may fit you. And, you know, my first thing is to say, okay, well, you know, I want to do it, you know, and especially for him, because I had already had experience with him. And then when I found out I was working with Yenny, who actually, you know, was with us in the first film, I said, great. And then I was able to, you know, meet Micah. And um, and I saw, you know, the whole, you know, where where the movie was going. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I jumped in and I said I wanted to bring my A game, you know, so we can actually, you know, send whatever message that we're going to send to the to the public and, and really show whatever Chris wanted to show through this great script. So that was the deal. You know, that is a great mentality to have when you're diving into the acting industry as a whole, because you will have those times, no matter how good of an actor you are, or actress you are, you will have those times where maybe you blank, you mm. know, you freeze when you're on stage or in front of the camera and they can make for some really horrible experiences, but also some really funny stories. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about horrible experiences, and this is kind of diving back into the theme of the movie, you know, Micah's character, Neil, really searching for love and really just wanting to feel what he sees and hears about other people experiencing with his family and then his friends that he's looking, at, looking around and hanging out with. That's what he wants. But again, in order to get there, we have to go through this phase of meeting people and being nervous and, and reaching out to people and hopefully to find that significant other. During that phase, we've had to all have some very horrible dating experiences. Mm -hmm. So if you were to think of maybe one that's on the top of your head, and, and I'll kick it off, um, maybe one dating experience that you've had that was just, and we don't want to give anything away in the film, but had you feel similar to how Neil felt near the very beginning of the film. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, definitely stream it and you, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Or just other things like maybe um, it just went horribly wrong and you just wanted to get out of there as quick as possible. Or maybe even it wasn't, it didn't even turn into a date yet. And maybe someone's just um, trying to make you feel bad. So let's dive back into my high school. While you guys think about yours, let's dive back into my high school, uh, my high school days. A very, very bizarre kind of character. You know, I was very different back then. And I've always had problems, you know, approaching, approaching girls. So when a girl approaches you, when you're like that, very mm -hmm. insecure in high school and a girl approaches you, starts complimenting you, giving you compliments and then gives you her number, you're feeling like the guy, right? I'm feeling like, wow, I can't believe this happened. I get back home, I look at the number and I'm like, wow, she's, she told me to call her. And so I dial in the number and I call her and the best buy Store, store answers, and I feel like a complete idiot, you know. Yeah. And now I, now I'm thinking back of when it happened, and she goes back to her friends, and they're all giggling at her, laughing, and I had no idea, completely oblivious. But today, it's a funny story, and so when all of these accolades and achievements come, I hope one day she sees, and I'm just gonna be like, ha, that's what you missed out on. Then your real number. No, but it's fine. But yeah, hopefully that gave you guys some time. To Did you order anything from Best Buy, though? That's the real question. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, but hopefully that gave you guys some time to think about maybe an experience, whether fun, traumatic, up to you what you'd like to share. If anything would like, if any of you would like to share. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really bullied um, in school. I had people who would make fun, but I, I think that, I don't know. I went to school in the nineties and I don't, mm. we, we weren't, we weren't so distracted and we weren't able to post anything about anybody online. Mm. So any, any ridicule or hostility, like you handled it kind of face to face a little bit. And that's what was kind of so nice about being grown up in the nineties. Um, I got to say, to be honest, I was a pretty good dater. I'm a pretty good dater. I don't. I, I haven't really had any bad dates in my life, you know. Um, but I do. I do remember there was a time when I was in gr uh, grade school, and I was in uh, third grade, and I went down to the where the gym is in the first floor, and I went to the urinal and I pooped, and <laughs> and there's one of those things where there's like no toilet paper, so you're like having to look oh, under the other stalls yeah. for toilet paper. Yeah. You know, and you're like, should I like just crawl under? And so I remember I had to like, I heard, I saw, I heard footsteps and I heard people in the stalls like, oh no, I can't do that. So I just like put my pants back up. And I remember I opened the stall door and there was like six little girls looking at me. Oh, oh my God. And I remember it was like it was like a movie. It's like a movie scene. Beautifully symmetrical shot of this door opening. There's three on this side, three on that side, like a Wes Anderson movie. And oh, I remember they. I kind of like. I didn't say anything. I just started swallowing really hard. My mouth got super dry. And I remember kind of walking out there and they were just watching me kind of like not a, a, word. a broken moses walking through his you know broken hearted seas but like you know you think back like at the time you're like i want to die like i want to i want to go hide and like dig a hole in the sand by the baseball field and and thing but then you like you you cut back to when you're 37 and you're like oh shit that's the stuff that neil goes through on a daily basis and he's mm -hmm. my so, like, imagine what happens when you don't allow yourself to, like, go, oh, it was just, it was young. Because he doesn't really have positive experiences that kind of, like, washed that away. Yeah. He didn't really see how it wouldn't have mattered. He, like, fucking stuck with it. And he, like, kept it on him the whole time, his whole life. And Neil doesn't really have a sense of humor. He doesn't really have... Um, boundaries. He doesn't really know how to cope with things like that. And so yeah. he just, the, you just try and hide. That's your defense mechanism is by hiding. But then like mm -hmm. what happens when, as you're hiding, they still just boo, 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 like torment yeah. you. So I want, I, I wanted to represent what happens when you, you turn over a rock and there's something growing there that's been growing for a long time. And when it finally grows to like full capacity, what Neil becomes capable of mentally. Um, and so, yeah, I think going back to what we said earlier is like, you know, how do we bring our, 
our, our life experiences into yeah. acting. And I, yeah, no, that's me. And one moment they'll, they'll pop when you never knew they were capable of doing something like that. And, and you will see that in this film and some of the promotional material. And you'll wonder what makes Neil get to that point. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's very interesting because if you're just seeing <laughs> that small little clip that we're going to be posting, that's maybe 12, 15 seconds. You're going to want to go back and, and watch the beginning of the film to lead up to that point. Now, with that, there are some very interesting roles within this film. Some very fun characters that I'm sure that you guys love portraying. Now, if you were able to, let's say we're in a different universe, different time. If you were able to switch your role to someone else's role, which character, regardless of gender, which character would you enjoy portraying? Yeah, I mean, I would love to portray. Well, there was an Italian guy in in the movie, which I mm -hmm. thought was so funny, and he had action with a guy that was kind of. Oh, I don't want to give the movie away, but he was an overweight dude, and he was kind of real. You know, he was an asshole. He was he was very, um, you know, overconfident. Looked like mm -hmm. like a box of Twinkies, and and there was a guy that came in. He was rude. But there was a guy, Italian guy, that came in and put him in shape. Mm. You know the way the way an Italian guy will do. Like what the fuck, you know that type. Of, <laughs> and I, I would have, I would have loved to portray that, portray that character because I thought it was very, very funny. You know, so that That's was brilliant. that I would love to do. That's brilliant. Well, you know, Rub just finished his festival run. And we'll be streaming on Amazon Prime on August 1st. So if you're listening, yeah. yo, yo, yo. make sure you go check out Rub. Chris, what can people look forward to when they're watching this movie? Um, I think people can look forward to uh, Rub. I think people can look forward to this film to, to see... Um, a love story, a, a different kind of love story about two people who find themselves, who find each other in the oddest of circumstances, you know, um, going back to your first question about, you know, uh, bad dates. I've never, I've had a couple bad dates, but I can't really recall, but I've mm -hmm. had very bad. I've had a few very toxic relationships. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I can't recall bad dates, but I, I can recall bad toxic relationships and to that point i um have friends that you know have had they're unlucky in love like neil mm -hmm. you know they weren't they weren't confident you know the, the society makes us feel like we have to be this confident male and if you're not you're not a man you know so mm -hmm. i really wanted to give a voice to the unheard voices of you know of of some you know boys and men out there that don't have confidence with, you know, with, with, the, with the other sex or even their own sex or, you know, that don't have enough confidence to, to find a partner and to find somebody else. So a lot of like, um, you know, people I've, I, I grew up with and, and stuff and still friends with, I, I've seen them how they are with their lives, you know, mm -hmm. and I put a lot of that into this character. And I know there's a lot of people out there 
that you know struggle with with loneliness and mental mental illness as well you know mm-hmm. and lonely, loneliness can lead loneliness can lead to mental illness because you feel inadequate you feel like you're not good enough for society you're not good enough for the, for that girl that you want you know and that girl that you want is probably feeling the same exact way that, that you are out there there's there's mm-hmm. somebody for everybody out there you know um i'm just i think people can look at rub that we made the best film with what the tools that we have, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that God gave us. And I'm just so proud of all the performances in the film. And um, we can, we can uh, thank the casting director who, uh, who put the casting, which that was me. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I, I specifically tailor made a lot of these, a lot of these roles for people that I worked with. And I think, as you said earlier, you know, that shows because I, I, you know, I go to film festivals. I help, I, I program a film festival. I watch a lot of films. And, you know, I, I, one thing about it is I don't like overacting. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like when people overact. I want things to be truthful and real, you know? And I yeah. think, I think we made a real film. Yes. You know, I think we made a real gritty film about struggles of life from all walks of society. And I think that's, that's at the end of the day what I want people to take out of my film rub. Brilliant. And where can they, if this one wants to keep up with maybe some of more of the content that happens with rub down the road, where can they follow rub online? Maybe Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You can follow Facebook, facebook.com slash rub film. And then Instagram it's at rub film, the number one. So Instagram at rub film, the number one. And then our website is rum, rubfilm.net, rubfilm.net. Um, yeah, if you just search Rub Film, you'll you'll find us on the internet. We have a couple, you know, a bunch of press releases out there, and a bunch of uh, you know different outlets are starting to you know push the film, and it comes out in forty eight hours, which on August first it'll be out. August first to be out on Amazon Prime. And then there's some rumblings that there might be, uh, I haven't even told many people or you guys, this is some rumblings that we're going to be in theaters in Canada, UK, and Australia in the fall. Oh, wow. Yes. It's in the works right now. And then also over in Eastern Europe, which we, our first territory is going to be starting in Poland. Um, so that's going to be happening in the fall as well. So Rob's going to be international. You know, we won. We won at Fight Made in Madrid. Um, so, the whole world will experience Rub one way or another. Fantastic. And where can they follow you directly as a director? Um, as a director, you can find find me on Instagram at cfoxv1027. That's the day I was um, got married to my lovely wife. Nice. So it's uh, Instagram. Just search uh, cfoxv1027. And yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. And Micah, Jennifer, and West, after people watch this film, they will want to keep up with your careers because you guys are going to go off and do many more incredible works of art within the industry. Micah, where can they follow you on Instagram or any other social media platforms? Uh, www.cute.com. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've, I've always wanted to have a website, cutebaldboy.com. Uh, um, no, it's going to be just on Instagram. It's just my uh, my full name on Instagram. Um, and I am a filmmaker as well, and I like to, uh, you know, edit and um, write my own stuff. So uh, definitely check out, you know, what's to come creatively for me as well. 
Fantastic. And what about you, Jennifer? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I am Jenny Love at Instagram. Ooh. I am Jenny Love with a Y. Jenny. <laughs> you guys have these awesome names. Wes, where can people where find you? Screen? It's on the screen right there. Look, spelled Jenny Love. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, think, um, I don't know what's going on with the Wi-Fi today. <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, for, um, for me... They can follow me on Instagram. It's um, West, W-E-S-T, underscore, Blade, B-L-A-D-E, no, and it's one. So West, underscore, Blade, one. And I, cool. I, I have an IMDB page as well, West Barrington ought to be. Right, IMDB as well. Wes, your, your biceps are shining. Aren't they ridiculous? <laughs> it looks like you just got lotioned up before this podcast. I don't know, maybe they got some baby oil going on. Got some muscle juice going on. I think that's actually what you were doing when your camera was dead for the first five minutes. I think so, too. Just well, everyone, thank you so much for dropping by. Thank you. If you're listening me. to this or watching, make sure to follow all of these incredible talents for the future of their careers. And stay tuned for more right now where we give you the best news, facts, and theories on all of your favorite television shows and movies. My name is Marty Gray, and we will catch you next time. Take care. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Thank you.